And uh, we salute all you mothers today. A special day for you, and we're so glad that you chose to spend at least this portion of that time with us right here at New Hope. We're glad you're here. James Dobson tells a story about um, a mom who was sick, and her little girl, I think she was about five years old, wanted to be a good nurse to her mother. She was trying to help her, you understand. And so uh, she came up to her mother's bedroom and brought her an extra pillow thought maybe that would make her more comfortable. And then a little while she came and brought her a magazine. Thought maybe she could enjoy that. Of course, I don't know how you can enjoy a magazine if you're sick. I think she had the flu, if I understand, if I remember correctly. But anyway, in a little while, a little girl comes up with a cup of hot tea. And her mother can't believe it. And she takes it and takes a sip and said, well, honey, I didn't even know you could make tea. She said, oh, yeah, Mom, I learned it from watching you. Said, I put the tea leaves in the, in the, in the pot, and I, and I boiled them. And then I took them out and strained them. Said, I couldn't find the strainer, though, so I used the flashwat. <laughs> and her, her mother said, what? She said, don't worry, Mom, I didn't use your new one. I used the old one. Being a mom is not always easy. Sometimes you're having to try to affirm children when you're, you're, you're really wishing you could say what you think or feel, but you know, it's, uh, you know they're doing the best they can. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's a, quite a chore anyway. Well, one of my wife's favorite stories, and I've told you this one before, but um, my wife loves the story about the couple that had gone to the beach to celebrate her 50th birthday. They're walking along the beach, and she sees a bottle and picks it up, and a genie jumps out and said, each of you have one wish. And so the lady said, well, you know, I love the beach. I just wish I had a nice house here on the beach. Shazam, right there, beautiful new house. She hands her the deed says it's yours. The husband looks at his wife, and he said, honey, I'm sorry, but it's, this is just a one-shot deal. said, I'm going to have to wish for a wife 30 years younger than me. Shazam, he's 80 years old. <laughs> the moral of that story is watch what you ask for. You, you, you may get it. You want to be care careful. Well, really what I'd like to do this morning is to encourage you and celebrate you and honor all of you ladies. And I'd also like to challenge you today. Somebody said to me not long ago, how in the world do you prepare for another Mother's Day when you've already preached 41 of them at the same church? And I said, well, it's really simple. There's a whole lot in this book, and you can't expand it or explore it and exhaust it in 41 years. So this is Mother's Day number 42 for us. I, I was interested not long ago, I, I was looking at uh, studying the women of the Bible and Dr. Herbert Lockery, several years ago, did an exhaustive study of all of the ladies, all of the women in the Bible. If I counted correctly, <clears throat> there's 166 women mentioned by name in the Bible. And then there's another 107 women in the Bible who are not mentioned by name, but the Bible talks about them. 
for example, last Sunday morning we talked about the woman at the well. We don't know her name, but it, she has a significant place in the gospel and in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a lot there. Peter's mother-in-law, for example, uh, Jesus healed her. She was burning up with a fever. Jesus and his disciples visited the home of Simon Peter and, and he took her by the hand and, and healed her. Again, we don't know her name. The Shunammite woman. There's, there's a, like I said, 100 said, totally, there's 273 women that are talked about in the Bible. So um, when I've preached on all 273 of those, one at a time, year by year, we, you'll, you'll know that I'm finished. <laughs> now today I have chosen not to use one of the women specifically but rather to look at the, the, the summary of all those ladies in the Bible, and especially those who were godly women and who did great exploits for, for the Lord, and just pick out three outstanding characteristics that seem to jump out at you from all of them. Now, there are many more characteristics. I'm not going to try to do an exhaustive thing on those, but I want to point out three to you this morning. Let me give you my text. It's found in 2 Timothy. The Apostle Paul is talking to his young son, Timothy, starts the book. In fact, this is 2 Timothy 1 and 5 for my text. You remember Timothy is a young man that Paul mentored in ministry. And in fact, he became very close to this young man. Um, it became like a son to him. I guess he was a son in the, in the spiritual sense to the Apostle Paul. But Paul said in verse 5 of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. See what Paul's saying here? Son, I, I see the strength of your faith in the Lord. And as close as we are and as much as I'm trying to help you in ministry, I realize it didn't come from me. This is something that's been passed down from generation to generation. And do you notice whom it was passed down by? He starts off and said, I, I know about your grandmother, Lois. I know the faith that she had. And then I, I saw it in your mother, Eunice, and now it's coming down to you. Women, you have a tremendous part in the propagation of the gospel and the advancement of discipleship in the lives of generations that are coming on. So let me give you three, three outstanding characteristics of the great women of the Bible. Great women, first of all, great women of God are women of prayer. Now, I know this might sound trite and simple to you, and it is simple. It's something that every one of us can do, and that's pray. Amen? We can all pray. But when I, when I look at the women in the Bible who did great things for God, who were outstanding godly women, without exception, they were women of prayer. They knew how to commune with God. I won't make a list of them, but you, you, in the Old Testament, think about Hannah who sought the Lord diligently, and God heard her prayer and answered her prayer. And consequently, she was able to pour into the succeeding generations. 
She produced a son named Samuel, who was the last great um, judge of Israel and also a prophet in Israel. He fulfilled two offices of ministry, a great, great man of God. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, remember, a woman of prayer, so much so that an angel of God appeared to her. And then there was Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus. I just can't help but believe that Mary was probably communing with God when the angel Gabriel appeared to her and gave her that message that she was going to conceive in her womb the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God, and bring forth the Son of God who would be the Savior of the whole world. Prayer is so vitally, vitally important. I remember the prayers of my own mother uh, all the way back into my childhood. I can hear her praying until today. And, of course, you've heard me tell about my grandmother on my dad's side. By the way, my grandmother on my dad's side did not live to see the answer to many of her prayers. But thank God she never quit praying. Um, She was kind of renowned for prayer praying. I'd heard stories about how she died with calluses on her knees from praying, especially for her boys who were very wayward, went out into sin and lived a horrible lifestyle for a long, long time. And she prayed for them. And I'd heard these stories. And sometimes, you know, growing up, you wonder whether stories are really true or whether they kind of get embellished with time, especially as family members pass them down. But I was invited several years ago up to Hawassi where my mama, uh, where my daddy was raised. And, and uh, I preached a few nights meeting up there in a church. And uh, I met an, el- an elderly lady who was a teenager when my grandmother was still alive. And I asked her about those stories. And she said, oh, let me tell you. Not only are those stories true, said, let me tell you about your grandmother. When, when I would get off of the bus in the afternoon from school, well, the, the bus only let them out at the main road. And they had to walk her, her particular place where she lived over a mile back on a dirt road to get to her house. And she said, I would walk that mile plus to my house and I would always stop at your grandmother's house because she would pray with me and for me and encourage me to serve the Lord because my family was persecuting me for being Christian and especially for going to that Pentecostal church. She said, when my dad would find out I'd been to church, he'd beat me. And she said, your, your grandmother's prayers would, would strengthen me and help me on that, along that way. And uh, she died before she saw her boys saved. But you've heard me tell the story many times. My uncle, my, my dad's youngest brother, was sitting on a bar stool drinking himself under the table when suddenly the convicting power of the Holy Spirit came over him. And he had to get out of there, and he got out of there and found a place to pray and gave his heart and life to the Lord. He became a preacher. In fact, I got saved under his ministry. And he continued to preach till he was 92 years old. And uh, God used him. My dad didn't get saved until he was 40 years old. He lived a horrible life. He spent time in the Atlanta penitentiary. But my grandmother's prayers finally got to him. Let me say to all of you this morning that are praying for family members, don't give up. Don't quit. Amen. Keep it up. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep believing God. The Lord will help you. And eventually those prayers will get the answer.
In fact, we're able through prayer to build a, thro- a, a, a memorial in the throne room of God. And God see that your prayers don't just vanish into thin air after you've prayed them. God receives those prayers. And they're there in the presence of the Lord, never to be forgotten. Amen. So keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Many years ago on Crawford Avenue, there was a man named Sib Cobb that came to our church one Sunday morning. He worked at the local liquor store down on Broad Street. And uh, he just walked in one Sunday morning, just kind of unexpectedly came to church. Let me tell you Sib's story. Sib had lived a horrible life as well. And his mother was a praying mother like my grandmother. She sought the Lord and she prayed for Sib. She had died, gone on to heaven, but she prayed till her deathbed that God would save Sib. And one Sunday morning, like like I said, uh, he started coming to church. But before that, Sib had gotten, I don't know whether he was drunk or depressed or what, but he took a revolver, put it in his mouth, pulled the trigger. And amazingly, I mean, the doctors said there's no way they can explain it or understand it. But the bullet went up through his mouth and somehow penetrated the skull and out his out the top of his head without hitting his brain or, or damaging any um, arteries, blood vessels, or anything. And they were able through many surgeries to reconstruct with plastic surgery his face. And he lived. i tell you why he lived. Because the prayers for Sib, and he hadn't gotten saved yet, were in the throne room of God. And God spared his life. God spared his life. And one Sunday morning, after he'd been coming a couple of Sundays, all of a sudden when I gave the altar call at the end of the service, Sib came out and made his way quickly to the altar, cried out to God, gave his heart to the Lord, was gloriously saved. I went to him after church and I said, Sib, what was it in the service this morning that got your attention? What, what part of the service was it that touched your heart and drew you to the Lord? And he looked at me and he said, Preacher, I'll be honest with you. I don't know a song you guys sang today. I couldn't tell you anything about the service. I don't have a clue what you preached about. He said, all I could hear going over and over in my mind, I heard my mama praying, God, please save Sib. God, please save my son Sib. And said, when you gave that altar call, I was ready to head to the altar and get right with God. Let me tell you, your prayers are vain. Yes, give God praise for that today. Amen. Amen and amen. They were women of prayer, godly women who did not stop. They continued to offer up prayer to the Lord. Second thing I want you to notice about these very special women in the scripture is that they were women who were willing to share, never selfish, always giving of themselves. You know, God, in his infinite wisdom, when he created woman, he, he literally made you to be a person who shares. You share your body to give life to the next generation. It, 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 it's amazing how God made that so. And 
You, you go through, you, you carry your baby through the gestation, the conception, the gestational period, and, and then to birth. You go through the valley of the shadow of death to bring new life into this world. You, you've shared your body. Somebody said that if men had to have the babies, every family would only have one child. And that may, that may be true. But, but you women are willing to share your body even for painful things that you, you give of yourself, you, you share. And, uh, you know, that's so contrary to the modern philosophy. The feminists want to tell you ladies that it's okay to share your body for pleasure, but don't share your body for pain if you don't want to. If it's an inconvenience to you, just destroy the next generation. Don't, you don't have to put yourself out. It's your body. You can, you can just be selfish with it if you want to. But godly women are women who share. Now, please let me stop here long enough to say to you this morning that <clears throat> I didn't come here to condemn you and put you down. If you've had a bad experience in your past or if you've had an abortion in your past, I'm here to tell you that what you have to do if you have that kind of problem in your past, you need to come face to face with it and ask God to forgive you, and he will. And, and you'll never get rid of the guilt and the shame and the repercussion of that until you bring it to the Lord and give him an opportunity to take care of it. But if you will, thank God he'll forgive you. Amen? He'll wash that sin away. He'll never bring it up again. And uh, praise God, there's freedom today in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to encourage you because the Lord wants you right where you are to go forward and become great women of God. Amen? I don't, don't, don't sit here this morning and say, well, preacher, I can't be a great woman of God because I've, I've had this, these things in my past. And you're talking about great women of God. How can I be one? Just go to the cross of Calvary. That's how you do it. Go to the cross of Calvary. Thank God. Did you know that Jesus has already paid for your sins? The sins that you and I are involved in and committed to whatever in our past, all of that was put on Jesus. He carried it to the cross, and he paid the price for it. But you have to step forward in repentance and receive that forgiveness for it to become a reality in your heart. You understand what I'm saying? Amen? And so I want to tell you this morning, there's no reason for any woman in this house not being a great woman of God. God will give you that love that will help you share and be a blessing to others. And what a blessing you can be. And, 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 but women, women not only share their bodies for birth, I mean, they even nurture by giving from their own bodies uh, the infants when they're born. And, and they give of their lives continually all throughout life. You never stop being a mother, no matter how old your kids get. Some of those kids are kind of embarrassed, you know, to hug and kiss mom on the screen. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're 13 or 30 or 40 or 50. Mom's still mom, and mom's still going to always love you. Amen. 
care for you. She hurts when you hurt. She, you know, it, it's just, it's just there. It's just the way God made them. Praise God. And third and finally, great women of God are women who care. You say, preacher, what do they care about? Can I tell you this? Everything. Everything. You teenagers, your mama's going to ask you questions about everything. She can't help it. It's the way she's made. I know you get to adolescence and you don't want to be asked all these questions. Forget it. They can't help it. They care about everything. They care, they care about your friends. They're going to ask you about them. They, they, care, they care about your education. They care about your health. They care about, and, and it never stops. They just, they just care. They just care about you all the way through life. The most important thing that they can care about is your eternity. Can I say this to you this morning, folks? We're here in this life for a very short time. It goes by in a hurry. I know for young folks, it seems like it's going a little slow, especially if you hadn't got your driving license yet. You're just chomping into bits. You know, to, you want time to hurry up. But it's going to start going real fast after a while. I, I was thinking this week as I was getting ready for today, these 41, now 42 years have gone by so fast. Faye and I came here with two little babies in the nursery. We doubled the nursery when we came. <laughs> and today I've got grown kids who have grown kids who have kids. What I'm trying to tell you is I'm a great grandpa. And it, and it, it happened so fast. It happened so fast. It's like a... I, it... it it, I, don't, I don't know where the time's gone. Now, <clears throat> most of my family lives a long ways away from here. Part of my family lives in Houston, Texas. Part of my family lives in San Diego, California. We got a long ways between us, 1,000 miles to some and nearly 3,000 to others. And that distance makes it such that we don't get to see each other very much. So we have to just squeeze the juice out of every moment that we get to be together. And that, like I said, is not very often. But I say to my wife and I say to my kids and I say to my grandkids and now my great-grandkids, the distance doesn't bother me. Live wherever you think you need to or wherever God wants you to. Find the will of God for your life and live there. The distance is okay. If I don't get to see you very often, that's okay. Because this life goes by fast. But just make sure you're serving the Lord. Because if you'll just serve the Lord, we'll get to spend eternity together. Eternity together. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ten million years from now, we're going to be enjoying our family. In the presence of the Lord. So, folks, the most important thing, and let me say especially to you ladies today, the most important thing that you can care about. I know all this other stuff is important, but this ought to trump it all. You need to care about your kids' eternity. You need to care about your kids' eternity.
That's more important than anything else when you wrap it all up. I remember a few years ago when the church was over on Wheeler Road. I was getting ready for Mother's Day and I was praying one morning and just thinking about the different ladies of our church. And I, I, don't, I don't know why. Just, uh, Brother and Sister Elton are two very, very, very special people to my wife and me. We just love them dearly. They're saints of God. And they've been so supportive. They were here when we came. And they're still here. They're getting, they're getting on up in years now. But God is really blessing Brother Elton just turned 90. And, uh, but I, I, was, I was thinking about him and I was praying. And, and I said, Lord, I feel so sorry for Sister Elton. They don't have any children. I'm talking about natural children. And I mean the Holy Spirit corrected me just that quick. And the Holy Spirit said, Joyce Elton has more children than most of the women in your church. And I said, Holy Spirit, what, what, what is, explain that to me. I don't understand. And the Holy Spirit said, Joyce Elton has travailed in prayer and has birthed into the kingdom of God many sons and daughters that she will enjoy for all eternity. Some of the women in your church will only enjoy their children for a short few years here on this earth. And then they'll be separated for all eternity. Joyce Elton will be with a great big family throughout eternity. Can I tell you this morning, and I want to echo what Jessica said earlier when she was talking about the different stories that we have here. There's a place for you to be a mom in the kingdom of God, no matter what your station in life is physically, no matter you, you may be divorced, you may be widowed, you may, but you can still nurture, you can still care, you can still be used of God, you can still be a blessing, you can still have sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Amen. You can still, to, so don't ever stop. Yeah, care, share, pray. Amen. And, and, and let's just have a great big spiritual family together in the presence of God when we get there in glory. And you'll be surprised what that's going to be like because we don't understand it here. We don't have perfect love here. We're striving for it. We're hoping to get there. But when we get there, we're going to understand what perfect love is. Amen. Let, let me tell you this little story and I'll close with this. It's a true story. David Talmadge. This is back in the late 1800s. David Talmadge was 18 years old at the time. He was still living at home with his older brother and sister. They were still at home. And the three of them were going out on a Friday night to party. And as they were leaving, their mom, who was in poor health, in fact, her health was so poor that she wasn't able to get out anymore. She was most of the time bed fast. She could get up in a chair, wheelchair, and she could still get on her knees because she was a, quite a prayer warrior. But their mother called them, the three of them. And Mama Talmadge said to them, you kids are going out to party tonight. Said, I want you to understand, when you walk out that door, I'll be on my knees praying for you. And I'll be praying for you till you get home. Well, they kind of laughed it off, went on out the door and went to their party and had a fun, danced the night away and 
They slip back in the house at 2 a.m. the next morning. Tried not to wake anybody. They came in very quietly. As they went down the hall, they went by their mother and dad's room, bedroom. The door was cracked just enough that they could see in through the crack. And sure enough, there was their mother on her knees praying for those three kids, grown kids. They went on to their bedroom. But early the next morning, Ma Talmadge wakened her husband and said, run downstairs quick and see what's going on. Said, I, I hear one of our kids crying. And he got up quickly and went downstairs. And when he got to the living room, there was his daughter at the couch with her Bible. She was crying out to God for mercy, for salvation. He got beside her and started praying with her. She turned to him and said, Dad, that's okay. said, David probably needs you more than me. He's in the barn. Go pray with him. And so Dad Talmadge got up and headed to the barn. And when he got to the barn, he heard David crying out to God for mercy. God, forgive me for my sins. And he prayed with David for a little while. Then David said, Dad, I'm okay. You probably ought to go to the wagon shed and pray with Jacob. He probably needs you more than me. And so he ran to the wagon shed. And sure enough, there was Jacob on his knees crying out to God, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Her three kids got saved that morning. All three of those grown children got saved that morning. And, amen. Now, David, when he got up from praying, he ran all the way to his sweetheart's house. She didn't live too terribly far away, young lady he was dating. He ran to her house and told her what had just happened to him. He'd given his heart to the Lord. He witnessed to her then and said, wouldn't you like to receive the Lord as your Savior as well? And she got on her knees and accepted the Lord as her Savior. She was gloriously saved. Word spread out in the community about what was going on with all of the, the, the three Talmadge kids and now the, 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 this lady and her family. And, now, and, and revival broke out in the church and revival broke out in the whole community because those three kids came to the Lord because of a praying mother that was more concerned about their eternity than she was anything else. By the way, David and his sweetheart got married, and they raised a family. And one of their boys was the great Dr. T.D. Tewitt Talmadge, who became one of the most famous preachers in the early 1900s. Almost every major newspaper in the United States carried his sermons. There was a reporter at his church every Sunday morning that wrote down quickly in shorthand, took down his sermons, and then they would publish them in the papers. And it spread all across the country and even into Europe. One of the greatest preachers, no telling how many people came to the Lord as a result of the great preaching of T.D. DeWitt Talmadge. And, and David and his wife they continued that prayer like 
David's mom and David's wife at her church. She had four very close friends, and they met every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, the four, the five of them, that Miss Miss Talmadge and her four friends, for the purpose of praying for their children's eternity. And they made a covenant together before God that they would not stop that prayer meeting until every one of their children was saved. And in time, all five families, every child of every mother of those five families came to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Wow. Folks, you have no idea the influence and the potential that's right in front of you. Just make your priorities right and make sure that eternity is the number one thing that you're after. Will you stand with me, please? This, this is Mother's Day, as you know. And we want to bless all you ladies. We, we want to just pray a blessing over you. So I'm going to ask, a little different than we normally would do an altar call on Sunday morning, but I want to ask all of you ladies that can. I realize all of you can't get down here. But if, if, if you would just come forward and stand with us, we're going to, we're going to pray a, a blessing over you. I'm not going to lay hands on all of you. We'd be here all day. But, but we are going to pray for you that God would just bless you in a special way. And, and that God would save all of your families. Folks, prayer is a, a mighty, mighty force that we have at our disposal that we can use. And you can not only pray for your kids that are here now, but you can put up prayers for the future. We started praying for our children before they were born. We continue to pray for our children. I pray for my children. I pray for my grandchildren. Now I'm praying for my great-grandchildren. But I'm going beyond that because I want a monument of prayer in the throne room of God for the future generations. I have a prayer partner that I meet with every Tuesday morning. And the two of us pray. We pray not only for many needs here in the church, but we pray for our families. And one of the things that we do every Tuesday morning without fail in our prayer before we leave, we pray for the future generations. We're going in stacking up prayers. I'm praying, I'm praying, Lord, bless my children. I'm praying, Lord, bless my, grand, grand, my grandchildren. I'm praying, Lord, bless my great-grandchildren. And I'm praying, Lord, beyond that, I'm praying, Lord, so long as there's a descendant of this family line, I'm praying a hedge of protection and the blood of Jesus over them, and I don't want a single one of them to be lost, not a single one of them to be lost. I don't want our family circle to be broken. I want them, I want them saved, amen, as long as there's a descendant from this family line. God gave us children to glorify his name, and I want to, I want to have a great big host in heaven to glorify the wonderful name of Jesus as we pray together. And we want to pray for your descendants, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, 
and further as long as it as long as Jesus tarries and as long as it continues. Amen. Yes. Let me also say this. You may be standing here today and say, Preacher, a lot of what you're saying doesn't apply to me right now. I haven't received the Lord as my Savior. I don't know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I've made some terrible mistakes in my past. I've messed up. I, 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 I can't be. Yes, you can. Don't accept the lie of the devil this morning. The Lord accepts you right where you are. That's where he wants you. He wants you to come to him just like you are and just release it all. Turn it loose. Let it go. Let it go. Give it to the Lord. If you've messed up, just ask him to forgive you. The Bible said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much? All. All, all of it. All of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. You can start over this morning. This can be a, a, a celebration day for you. This can be a, a, a red-letter day in your life, and your history. This can be the day where you put a stake in the ground and say, from this day forward, I'm a woman of God. I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to make up for lost time. I'm just going to pray that God will just speed things up and just rush to where they are. And pull them into the kingdom of God before it's too late. Amen? Amen. 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 Yes. So when we pray this morning, if you need to repent, just ask God to forgive you. Open your heart and receive the love and the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace of God. Let him write your name on the Lamb's book of life. Let this be a brand new day for you. And go forward for him, from here in Jesus' name. Some of you have broken relationships. You're not, things aren't good between family members. You, you don't know how to make it better. <laughs> Maybe they won't even talk to you. <laughs> they can't stop you from praying. They can't stop the Spirit of God from reaching to them. And convicting them of their sins and draw them to the Lord. Amen. Amen. If the Holy Spirit could get my uncle on a bar stool <laughs> drinking liquor, he can get your kids wherever they are this morning. Amen. They may be across town. They may be across the country. They may be across the other side of the world. But the Holy Spirit can get to them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's pray. All you men, I want you to stretch your hand towards these ladies today and help me pray. And let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, this Lord's Day, this Mother's Day, this special day when we honor and recognize these women for their contribution to, to life and to our society and to our church and to our communities. We thank you for that, Lord. We especially thank you, Lord, for, for these ladies who come on this Sunday morning to honor the Lord on the Lord's Day. 
And God, we pray your blessings on their lives. I pray that you'll bless every lady in this house today. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord, we pray. Bless them as they rise up in the mornings. And bless them as they lie down in the evenings. And bless them through the night, oh God. And protect them, I pray. Oh, Lord, I pray for special protection for all of these ladies and their families. And I pray for supernatural provision, Lord. Whatever the needs that they may be having that are represented here, I pray that you would minister to them. Lord, some of them need a miracle financially. I pray that you'll just open the windows of heaven. I pray that you'll pour out blessings on them. Bless them today. Bless them spirit, soul, and body, we pray, for the glory of God in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we pray for every family represented here, every child, every generation following this, every grandchild and great-grandchild and on into the next generations. Lord, I pray that not a, not a single person, man, woman, boy, or girl will be lost from the families of this house. But oh God, send a mighty outpouring of your spirit and a revival that will reach to them, oh God. Holy Spirit, draw them into the kingdom of God. Don't let a one be lost. Not a one to be lost in Jesus' name. Lord, we have no children to give up to the kingdom of darkness, but we call them in today. We call them into the family of God. We call them into the shelter of your mercy. We call them into the shelter shelter of your grace in the wonderful name of Jesus today. And Lord, every heart that's open right now in repentance, I pray that you would forgive. Let the blood of Jesus wash away every sin. Make every woman here today a mighty woman of God for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. If you love Jesus, give him a great big praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I started to dismiss you right there, and I just felt quickened in my spirit. You know, the first thing that the enemy tries to do when the Word of God's sown in your heart, you remember the parable of the, of the seed and the sower? The enemy comes immediately and tries to steal that Word. Before you get to your car, the devil's probably going to tell you, that may work for the rest of them, but it won't work for me. The devil's a liar. And, 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 and we just, I'd like for us to finish this service by just declaring God's word over our family. Amen. Just, just declare. I, I want you to, I want you to just raise your hand and, and make this declaration in the name of Jesus, my family shall be saved. In the name of Jesus, my family is saved. By faith, I claim it. By faith, I receive it. By faith, I believe it. Hallelujah. Give God praise for the answer to your prayers. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Glory. 
Glory! <laughs> yes. I, 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 don't, I don't have time, and I've told it too many times before to repeat it, but Dr. James Alexander Stewart, when he was a football player living for the devil, his mother fasted and prayed till she prayed through. And she said, my boy is going to be saved. And she started treating him like he was already saved. Like that drove him crazy. He said, my mama has gone nuts. He, she even called a preacher and said, could, could uh, James give his testimony Wednesday night? And she said, uh, she said I, uh, the preacher said, I didn't know James had gotten saved. Oh, yes, yes. She said, I already prayed that through. Make a, make a place on the... And that Wednesday afternoon at football practice, something happened to him. They were standing there in the huddle. The coach was talking to him. And James suddenly, he, he would tell his mother, he'd say, you and all that crazy religious stuff said, all I'm going to do is play football and go to hell. That's what he'd say. That's what he'd say. I'm going to play football and go to hell. And that, that afternoon in football practice, he fell to his knees, sobbing uncontrollably on the football field and gave his heart to Jesus. He ran home. He ran home, scooped his mother up, and was spinning around the kitchen floor. She was beating his chest. Said, put me down, James. Put me down, James. And he was screaming, Mama, I'm saved. I'm saved. Mama, I'm saved. She'd say, put me down, James. Put me down, James. He'd say, I'm saved. I'm saved. She said, put me down, James. Put me down, James. And finally, he stopped and put her down and said, what is it, Mama? She said, that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've been trying to tell you that for several weeks now. Amen. Don't, don't, don't. Listen, if you had any idea how devils tremble when you come with the blood of Jesus and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you wouldn't be afraid of them. They'd be backing up from you. Amen. So go after those kids. They belong. This is the family of God. They're ours in Jesus' name. I'm expecting to hear testimonies from this service of kids that have come to the Lord. Bless them in Jesus' name. Go in God's mercy and grace and have a great day in the Lord. And happy Mother's Day to all of you.